Hello, everybody, and uh, thanks for tuning in to the Puckworms podcast this week. Anthony and Sam with you as always. Uh, we're glad to be here, and we're going to talk a lot about what we saw on the NHL All Star Weekend and and some other, you know, <laughs> some good, some bad. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of uh, uh, gripes um, among hockey fans, but. Um, we'll talk about the All-Star Weekend, talk about uh, the big trade that went down earlier this week, the Islanders acquiring Bo Horvat from the Vancouver Canucks for Anthony Beauvillier and uh, a couple of uh, a first-round pick in 2023, I believe, and uh, one other lower-profile piece. But um, in addition, the uh, the NHL's ESPN and TNT ratings were down, have been down so far this year. That was another bit of news that came out this week. And there are a couple of reasons why that might be, which we'll talk about. Um, and then uh, also going to kind of preview the the quote-unquote second half. It's it's actually not, we're definitely over halfway through the season, but um, the, the post-All-Star break stretch and getting into the, the, uh, the, the, down to the wire here a little bit is the regular season. The games start to ramp up and, and we're in the final couple of months. So I'm um, looking forward to talking about all of that. And uh, Anthony, how's the all-star break been treating you so far? You get some good, uh, you get caught up on some of your TV shows, get some uh, streaming time. Like the, it hasn't been hockey games in a, uh, a couple of days. Yeah, a, a little bit, a little bit, I guess. Yeah, it's been, it's been a little relaxing to not have the flurry of, of games. Um, but I'm also bored now, so I'm, yeah. I'm I'm ready for some hockey to come back for sure, and it should be a really fun second half. Yeah, I'm looking forward to. I I woke up this morning. It's like it's a little bit warmer outside. The snow is melting a little bit. I know it's still early February, but there's like a there's kind of a a, a hint of Stanley Cup playoffs and March and April approaching in the air this morning. Um, yeah, so. All-Star Weekend, there was some good stuff. There was, I was, all right, so let, uh, we'll just get right into it. I thought the skills competition was massively disappointing. Um, and we will, we'll talk, there's multiple thoughts that I have about that. I thought that the actual game was pretty good, actually. I, I think the game, I, first of all, I think since they went to 3-on-3, three three, the 3-on-3 three three tournament has been a massive improvement from the way it was before with just a regular 5-on-5 five five game. Mm-hmm. And I think in the last couple of years, for whatever reason, it's been less exciting. Like, the players haven't been as interested. And for, I don't know, I felt like this year the players were very engaged in the actual All-Star game tournament on Saturday, I thought that was actually quite a bit of fun, more fun than the skills competition, which is not something that I normally say. Um, and I'm curious uh, to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I, I thought the, the skills competition was really bad. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I mean, it, we can get into a more in-depth conversation of that in a sec, but no, it, it was not ideal for me. It was not exactly how I liked. I wanted that put on and... We'll obviously get into why later, but the game, I thought the game was okay. I mean, the Eastern Conference semifinal, I thought was really good. Uh, There were a lot of cool things happening there. Crosby and Ovechkin combining for a goal, and like two goals, I think, actually. And and then the final, I think the Central just, they did not look, like, if you're going to say, you could say that the, the most of the teams were 
engaged, but the Central was really not that engaged, I don't think. They were um, kind of just l- lumbering around, especially in the final, and didn't look too happy to be there, at least until the very end when they made it interesting. But, um, but yeah, no, I thought, I mean, the game, this is by far the best format for an NHL, for an all-star game of any of the four major pro sports leagues in North America. Um, undoubtedly so. So, I mean, I actually yeah. disagree with that. I think MLB has the best all-star game. Well, MLB is second for me, for sure. I think MLB, close second, actually, but. I think MLB has the best all-star weekend as a whole, and it's not even close. And that'll be part of like what. I talk about today, I suppose, but, um, yeah, I, I actually, I thought that the, the Kachuk, Kachuk Barkov line was pretty sick. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh, Brady and Matthew Kachuk, uh, I think they can, I think they factored in on four goals total over the course of the afternoon. Yeah, Matthew Kachuk was nuts. Yeah, he, he was obviously, he was the MVP. Um, and, and, and him and Brady combined on like four goals, like they, they both factored into four goals, I believe. And, um, Barkov was uh, I by Barkov was kind of the like de facto D man out there because he's really good at defending and there weren't very many defensemen on the Atlantic Division. Um, I also thought, did you see that one goal? Uh, Mitch Marner saucing it to Nikita Kucherov and his like backhand redirects over the shoulder. That was wild. I don't know if you remember what I'm talking about. It was like a I, it was just one of those classic three-on-three game plays where there was kind of just like a, a half-ice two-on-one or whatever. And, and Marner, like, this beautiful sauce over the defenseman's stick. And, like, Kucherov, it was so slick. It's like he didn't even do anything, but, like, he he, he just backhand redirected it, like, into the top-shelf corner. Like, it was pretty cool. Um, there were a couple of really cool things like that in the, in the, in the All-Star game itself, but... Um, and you were right, by the way, Central versus Atlantic in the, uh, in the championship game. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I said don't know, the Atlantic would win too. Yeah. I don't know why to be, when I, when, I think when I started looking, watching the game, I was like, why did I think that the Pacific would beat the Central? Because like the Central has, the Central's bad players are worse, I think, but the Central's good players are, other than like McDavid. The Central is pretty, you know, they had that Colorado group out there. Um, that was pretty cool. Uh, I thought that there were a couple of fun things about the skills competition, but overall, I don't, I don't like it. There are multiple things that I think could be better. Um, I don't know what, like what, where do you even want to, where do you want to start with the skills competition? I, cause I have multiple problems that I have. Um, I mean, as far as like excitement goes, yeah, I, I mean, I don't mind it. Like the concept is fine. Like I don't think much needs to be changed there. But the way that it was presented this year, in my opinion, was not at all at what I would have liked to see. Because they did this year. For anyone who didn't watch, is they would they broke up like individual events. So they had like preliminary rounds of like the fastest skater competition, yeah. and then they wouldn't do like the final where the top two go head to head until like two hours later in the night. Yeah. And it was the same thing with accuracy shooting. They did like prelims like lit earlier in the night and then didn't do the rest of it until like after like hour and a half later that I did not like at all. Like if, and I think this is the first year that they've done that before. Every time, yeah. every other time they've just gone and did each individual event and in, like in a row. And 
And that's what I liked a lot more, and it just kind of made it boring. Like, you, you said it too, it was just kind of boring this year. I don't know, I don't really know exactly why it was boring, but it just kind of was a little bit boring. I, well, I didn't... I, I felt like I was waiting around a lot. Yeah, like, I, I felt like there was, in the way that they did the breakaway challenge, I, I didn't like at all. There were only four of them. And the way they were spaced out like that, and, and it would just be a lot of like waiting and, oh, now it's time for the breakaway challenge. And that would take like 10 minutes to see one person, you know, shoot on the breakaway challenge. And it'd be like the, the breakaway challenge used to be it's always been like that those fun choreographed sort of presentations. But it used to be like like 10 shooters and it's like a, a one, you know, is like like a, a one like 15 minute like segment of time where there'd be like right. 10 or 12 shooters that would all go and do something, you know, Patrick Kane would put on the Superman cape and um, I forget who the guy was that like, you know, it was like a lacrosse stick. The, uh, he went all the way down the ice with the puck, like up above his head or something like stuff like that. And it wasn't as much like every hour we would get some sort of like 10 minute TV show skit with these, uh, you know, these guys. And actually, I thought that Matthew Kachuk's was really good. I don't know. It was. I, no, it was. I, I thought that that one was by far, because that, I was like impressed the way he was juggling the puck down the ice like that. And then he caught it in his hat. Like that was pretty cool. Um, but I, I don't even remember who the second person that did it was, honestly. But I, I just, there was a lot of waiting. There were a lot of commercials. Um, and to be honest, I, I thought that there wasn't enough hockey. Like I thought that, that, that like it's, I thought the most exciting parts of the night were the traditional events like the accuracy shooting or I thought the goalie thing was pretty good. The, the, no, the, the good attendee thing was good. I really enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that like there's not enough hockey in the NHL all-star skills competition. And that's why I, like I felt like it was just I was just bored and it just didn't seem like they presented it, it didn't seem like it represented the 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 best hockey talent very well yeah i i agree it it was i feel like they were just trying something new out this year and it was pretty major flop in my opinion um not i wasn't a yeah. fan but We'll see. I mean, Toronto's got it next year, so um, oh, that's that's gonna be great. That'll like, be, I, <laughs> yeah. The also, fans. yeah, no, the fans, yeah, that that'll be fun. But shout out to Sarah Nurse; she probably did the coolest thing all night. Wisconsin, Wisconsin grad, the little Forsberg on Chesterkin. That was really yeah, cool. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was actually really. She was like one of the only ones that scored. Nobody was. I don't know. It was weird. Like it seemed like nobody was trying during that goalie challenge. None of the players seemed like they were. You know, McDavid try. Actually, McDavid Hellebuck made a really nice save on McDavid during his breakaway. But like, it just seemed like nobody was like doing. It. Everybody was just kind of waltzing in there and taking some random shot. And Sarah Nurse made a very very nice move and scored. I think I don't I think I've decided that I don't like the outdoor like special like special event type thing. I, I really think after watching this this weekend, like that golf thing, it sounded fun when I was reading about it. And then when I watched it, it was like just so uninteresting. And to be honest, I don't think that anything that those players did on that little uh that little golf contest i don't think any of that was stuff that i couldn't do 
<laughs> like I just, I don't think it was very hard. Like I don't, I don't think that's uh, takes a, an a, a enormous amount of hockey talent to kind of just shoot the puck into. I mean, you know, I know they had the, the green was kind of surrounded by water, but like it's not that hard to drop a puck down. The, the green, like a, a golf green is big. Like it's not like a small target. I just didn't think it, it I actually think it might have been more fun if it was actual golf, to be honest. But um like I, I just I'm watching it's the best uh allegedly the best players in the world, or most of them. Um it's the best hockey players in the world. It's the NHL All-Star weekend. I think that there should be more hockey. And like I don't I don't feel like I feel like if we're trying to grow the game and get people more interested and get, you know, TV ratings to grow up and and create young fans, I don't feel like a young fan turning on the TV and seeing Clayton Keller shoot a puck on a golf course for representing the Arizona Coyotes. I don't think that that makes anybody come back. (laughs) I, I, I think what makes people come back is McDavid going four for four on the accuracy shot in nine seconds? That was fun. <laughs> yeah, there were some good parts of the night like that. That 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 was cool. And him and Kadri's head to head matchup and the and that when they went head to head, but they both went four for four. But Kadri went a little bit quicker than McDavid did somehow. And it was it that those kinds of things were fine. And I thought that um, you know. The classic stuff was good, and some of it was fun, like the classic events. But I'm also not opposed. Like, I feel like it could have been better executed. But I, I do like the, the fact that the, um, the host city gets a little bit of a chance to showcase their, their, their culture yeah. and their way of life a little bit through events like that. I thought Vegas's stuff last year was pretty cool. Um, maybe it could have been a little bit well better executed this year. Yeah. Um, but I mean. I, thought, I, I don't mind it. I feel like there's a lot of potential there for different um, different events for different cities yeah. around the around the U.S. and Canada. I think that they could live with one instead of two. And I, I thought that the splash dunk thing was not bad. I thought that was somewhat entertaining and looked kind of hard. Like the the golf thing just didn't seem. And it's it's they also. The theater of it isn't good. You know, it's it's pre-recorded and it's at like a completely different venue and there aren't that many fans. It just does and the other thing is imagine going to that skills competition in Florida. I mean, if if I thought I was bored, those people must have been sitting there in that stadium like hardly anything happened in that stadium. Like I, feel I know, like that's happened. the other thing I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, it felt like probably felt like nothing happened there. And and the stadium looked empty, even though it was apparently sold out. Because I mean, uh, everyone was just hanging out in the concourse, getting a beer, like talking to a bunch of different people or whatever. And not a lot of people were, you know, butts in seats watching because it was there wasn't a lot going on during the actual like skills competition. I feel like half the time there was just people running around and. And just not a lot was going on. So it would definitely be interesting to have heard from someone who actually was there and figured out what exactly went on when... Well, I paid a lot of money to watch these events on the Jumbotron. (laughs) Right, yeah. Like, what exactly went on when I was... When we were watching the golf competition and these people in the arena were just chilling, just, you know, watching it along with the rest of us? Like, I I don't know. I don't know. That's just kind of strange to me. 
Yeah, I yeah. Just clearly the 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 and by the way, did Kadri went four for four? I thought he missed one or two and he just went faster. Did he go four for four? I think he did. To be I honest, I wasn't really watching Kadri. I was watching McDavid. And to me, McDavid won the competition. Like I don't really care. Brock Nelson, I think, won, ended up winning the final right between mm-hmm. him and Kadri. Yeah, McDavid won. Like McDavid won eight for eight, and he he, he did nine seconds on the first time. <laughs> McDavid's my winner of that competition. I, like that was so clearly the best part of the night when we got to see everybody. Like fumbling through the accuracy shot, and everybody like Leon Drysaddle took like thirty seconds, and everybody was struggling through it, and then McDavid was like one, two, three, four, and it was over. Yeah. I, 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 everybody was hockey. wondering. Like that's what I that's what I want to see. I want to see these guys. I, I these guys they're so talented. It's it's absurd the things that these guys can do. I want more act like hockey, and that's remember it used to be it used to be entirely. Uh, these you know events at the rink, and remember they had that relay thing. I do. You, I was just thinking that. I, I oh, I that. loved that. You had to like saucer passes into those tiny nets, and then like Patrick Kane would go and stick handle through the orange pucks in like two seconds, and and like I, I just I, like, I think the NHL needs to get out of its own way a little bit here. Just let the players like. The, the spotlight should be the players. It, let the players be the big draw of the weekend and, and let their talent put on the show and, and stop trying to like over manage and, and like it, it's, it's let the players do the work and, 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 and let them be great. We don't need like there doesn't have to be as much dressing up and gimmicks as the NHL seems to think that there needs to be that that's so that's that's my feeling on the whole thing um i yeah so i i don't know i don't know i don't know if that uh if you agree with that or not but i just that's that's what i'm watching for at least i want to see the players be great not see how the nhl can set up weird events and all Mm -hmm. over the state of florida and (laughs) yeah i i agree i i definitely do agree i feel like it's definitely better when i like the old skills competition was just like hardest shot breakaway like or like save streak or whatever they called yep. it back in the day um though they had two of them they had the breakaway challenge which was the fun shooting one. yeah they had the breakaway challenge which was like the fun like uh you know nonsense one and then i think at the end they did the save streak or, or whatever where it was like more of a normal shootout yeah right and i liked the save streak i thought the save streak was was great and they had that i think as recently as last year i didn't mind tendy tandem though this year either i thought that was yeah. a cool concept for an event and let the goalies do something other than just get peppered with shots all weekend. I mean, could you imagine being a goalie in this event uh, yeah. and, and this whole entire weekend? Like the rest of the players are just screwing and yeah, like around. The goal- but, and in then the, the goalies three here. Three tournaments being a goalie in the. <laughs> yeah, that would suck. Really setting you up to fail. Like I feel like those goalies. I feel like Linus Olmark or like or uh, who is goaltending the Metro Sorokin and Shesterkin. I feel like those guys must walk away from All Star Weekend being like. God, I suck. <laughs> they gave up. They gave up ten goals in twenty minutes in the three on three game against the Atlantic. So I, yeah, it's a, a rough weekend for goalies, a little bit. Yeah, I. It's yeah, pretty crazy, pretty crazy for sure. And and yeah, even like they were making like Vasilevsky look like he he had no idea what he was doing. Crosby and Ovechkin, and and, and yeah. it was yeah. I I couldn't imagine being a goalie at this entire weekend and. 
But yeah. kudos to them, you know. They they take the punishment. They get out of there yeah, unscathed, sure. hopefully. And, you know, they, they well, they're the best goalies in the world for a reason, I guess. And probably some of these goalies would give up, like, 20 goals. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was some really impressive stuff in the – and I think that's why – in the actual All-Star game, I think that's why I enjoyed the actual All-Star game more because it was actually – hockey being played in front of me on ice live um one other quick thing i want to say about the skills competition actually a couple things they're related am i the only one that is like nervous as hell during the speed skating when they're rounding the corners at like 25 miles an hour like i like that makes me so nervous and i know they have those pads there but like McCarr fell on the first one and I was like, Oh my God, like they're going so fast and maybe it's just my own for like, because I obviously like, obviously not nearly as good on my edges as those guys are. And I get like, I don't like taking turns like that at top speed mm-hmm. and they're not wearing helmets. Like I, I almost wonder if the did, did it seem to you like Dylan Larkin wasn't trying during nah, the speed No, he did not thing? go as hard as he could. And he his time reflected that. Because it, he held the right he has the all-time record for that event. Yeah. Fastest ever. There's no um, way he's lost that much of a step and he's still technically in his prime right now. Yeah. So, yeah, I he did not look like he was going very hard. And you only did get one try too, so you had to make it count. Yeah. And I and I I wonder if he saw Makar fall, and he was like, like, I don't know um, about this thing. Like, they're going over 20 miles an hour. And all they have is little pads, and the pads don't even extend all the way around behind the, like, where the net would be. And they're not, first of all, I think they should all be wearing helmets during this thing. Um, And I think that goes, I think they're, and this is like, this is kind of not, this is no longer talking about, like, about, you know, the entertainment value of the thing. It's just more like me being nervous. Like when they're doing the, when they're doing the accuracy shooting and dry is standing right next to the net with no helmet. And these guys are like ripping them off the post. Like it just, it makes me nervous. Like I just, I don't need anybody getting hurt at the skills competition, I guess is what I'm saying. But back to my original point is like, I wonder if they honestly either should eliminate the fastest skater because I think it's one of the more boring ones or figure out a different way to do it because I get uncomfortable when those guys are turning the corners at top speed like that, especially with no helmet on. Uh, I mean, Makar could have gotten hurt. He like the, the way like he, 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 he did a good job, like kind of cushioning himself, but uh, he, that's not good falling like that going into the, you know, into the, the corner, the end boards like that. Yeah. I tend to disagree with that. Actually. I mean, I obviously you don't want anyone to get hurt, but like these are some of the best athletes in the world. And, and I think that you can definitely trust them to figure out a way to get around that corner or at least get a figure out a way where they don't like fall. bang their head and, and fall. Like Makar fell, lost an edge, whatever that happens. 
But I mean, he he was fine, and the padding helped him out. Um, I I think I could maybe get behind the idea of them wearing helmets for it, but I don't think you need to eliminate the event. It's one of the classics. It's yeah. a record that I mean, a lot of people are very proud to hold. I'm sure, even though Larkin wasn't a part of it or didn't really try, he definitely is very happy to say he's a faster skater than yeah. Connor McDavid is. <laughs> in a, I, I in think a lap that, around the ice. That so, might be part of the reason that he didn't try. Also, by the way, is because he already like has the record. Like he might not, he might have felt like I don't really need to do anything. Yeah, I, and. And also, Kirill Kaprizov was supposed to do that event, and then he was just really? like, oh, nope. <laughs> he just backed out at the last, like, five minutes. He, he really didn't do anything all weekend, which made me sad as a Wild fan. But, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't think he, he... He was happy-ish to be there, but, I mean, he was just kind of in- there. He didn't really yeah. do much. Even in the All-Star game, like, he was not shooting the puck at all. He was just passing and, and not really trying very hard i don't think so i mean love him here in minnesota but i would have loved to see him score a goal or get get a point or two in the in the actual game or see him in the skills competition but yeah i guess it wasn't to be this year but yeah um i'm curious that mcdavid didn't do it i wonder i know i was gonna say that i wonder if he also decided not to or if they just didn't select him for i mean he hasn't traditionally won it but i still would have liked to see him do it right plus i mean we got to see him do accuracy shooting though. that was amazing yeah that was, which i mean that's probably the reason why he didn't do fast yeah. scary he's like okay i want to do something else now showcase yeah. another talent and yeah i think that was great he, he went eight for eight like that's nuts you oh, know man, it was so so much fun him going last like that um yeah i do i agree that i mean the speed skating you're right it is it is like one of the more classic like traditional ones i just haven't ne- I, I haven't traditionally like I haven't generally actually found it that much fun for whatever reason but um whatever uh I, you're right that probably nothing bad will happen it they're they know how to skate just makes me nervous after McCarr falling on the first one I was like oh god that's what yeah. we need Kale McCarr gets in like it, out for the rest of the season after getting injured in the skills competition that'd <laughs> that, be funny yeah no that, that that'll they'll never change like stuff like that unless you know someone actually does get hurt so yeah. i mean M- mccarr falling will not change the the fastest skater competition but yeah um yeah well that's uh i think that's about covers our uh our all-star weekend conversation oh real quick spike suban was phenomenal i thought He's I hilarious. thought he was so funny. He's a great media personality for sure. Yeah, he was he was perfect for that role and to cover that event, the, the nickname thing before right before it started with McKinnon. I, I guess we got to call McKinnon Little Mac now, and McDavid yeah. just stuck with McJesus. Mc, yeah. McDavid like did not know what to do. That was so not in his personality. Like McDavid did a really good job. I feel like playing along and going with the bit. But I feel like that was not at all his personality as, as, as Subban was sitting there. And like McDavid had to force himself to choose one of those nicknames. He's like, I hate Mickey Mouse. And so I guess I'll just go with McJesus because somehow that's already become a thing. <laughs> yeah. He wonders um, why, but you know. <laughs> it's, I feel like it's pretty obvious to watch the man play hockey. It's, and yeah. I, I, it makes me It makes me like laugh sometimes because you forget that these players they're self-aware they, they know like they they follow social media they know they know when things like this catch on and everyone yeah. on social media has been like oh this is a whole, whole thing and and these players they understand and they know when things like this become a thing too 
So that that was just a little bit eye opening too. Like sometimes, oh yeah, the players they they're on social media too. Like they 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 yeah. know when they're trending. They know when. Did you see? Did you hear what McKinnon said? It was really cool what McKinnon said about McDavid. M- McKinnon said, "I'm not sure if this is the exact quote, but I remember he he said something like." McDavid is the best player in the world and it's like not even close and it, obviously that's true but it's really cool to hear Nathan McKinnon say that like the face of the Colorado Avalanche he's one of the best players in the world and he said that actually McDavid's play like motivates him and other elite players to continue to try to get better so that they can get closer to McDavid um, which I thought that was pretty cool and oh also before I forget and then we can move on Ovechkin's kid, not good at hockey. I just want to say that real quick. <laughs> He'll not, get there. Not interested at all in Ovechkin. I thought the fa- Matthew Kachuk not winning the breakaway challenge, highway robbery. He was well, way Poster more interested. I think, right? Not Ovi's kid. Oh, did I can't I think, remember. I think Poster not won it oh, with his little happy Gilmore, Gilmore bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, either way, I think Matthew Kachuk should have won. Uh, I personally not interested in turning on a skills competition and seeing a four-year-old do nothing and the goalie let him score. I feel like, like, I don't care about Ovechkin's kid. That kid is probably going to get plenty of publicity as his life, uh, continues to unfold. Uh, and frankly, Matthew Kachuk's thing was really impressive. It was, I don't know. Um, I I just, just wanted to say that because that was annoying. Um, All right, well, we can transition to another fun topic now. Uh, Glad you wrote this into the doc, Anthony. NHL viewership down. Um, And actually, this is, we should say, like NHL viewership on ESPN and TNT broadcasts. I don't know about the viewership as a whole, but but as far as the ESPN and TNT national broadcasts, NHL viewership is down from last year by over 20%. Um, I actually did just read an article in The Athletic about this. It's interesting, like, some of this is a little bit misleading. Um, like, like one of the interesting things that I read in that article is, and I forget who wrote it, but there have been more games on ESPN so far this year than last year, and some of them have been at, like, 4 o'clock or 6 o'clock on Sunday evenings, which is really bad during football season. So, like, like those games, like, that is tanking the average um, and I think it's like bad on the NHL. Like I, I don't, I don't like that. Those are the time slots that they're getting, but I think it's important in fairness to note that because I, I think what the article said that I read is that if you take away those Sunday evening games, I think like for the other ESPN games that are in the normal slots, I think the viewership has actually been about the same or maybe even slightly higher, but um, yeah, there are other issues. Like I know the blackouts, are not good like the TNT games and, and the, the huge markets are blacked out and that is harmful for TNT but uh yeah uh kind of a s- similar story f- with the NHL for kind of a while now this isn't really a a new problem unfortunately yeah i kind of just use this like viewership numbers down low to kind of just use it as an excuse to go into like things that we could change about the NHL because I mean as far as league like how they're run as a league they they might be the worst of the four um North American sports leagues I I just it it hasn't been 
very, very good, especially lately, too. I mean, the, the move to ESPN was supposed to, you know, change things. It was supposed to help grow the game a little bit more. And But it feels like they just they moved to a network that seems to not really care about their sport that much. They're just kind of yeah. just moving into the idea of just having all of the um, – just having the – the games and being able to televise them. And I'm not a huge fan of the way that ESPN has done things. I feel like their presentation of these games hasn't been great down from the announcers to camera work. The only thing that they've done really well, and here's what I will give them credit for, their little scoreboard is fabulous. That's all, though. <laughs> like, that's... I'll give them credit for that. Their little score bug out that they have on, they on the broadcast. They got a damn good score bug. <laughs> they got a great one. But everything else is just... I mean, pretty pretty subpar. I thought. I think TNT, however, I think TNT's done a really good job with their presentation. Love their two the two announcers that they handpicked. I think are pretty good too. Kenny always great. The studio crew is fabulous. TNT does a good job, but and I'm glad that they have the cup this year. But um, yeah, just not not really a huge fan of the way that ESPN has had their presentation. I'm not a big Sean McDonough fan at all. He called McDavid Kaprizov in the All Star game. Did he really? I didn't notice that. Yeah, on McDavid's oh, come on. on on McDavid's first goal, he's like Kirill Kaprizov score, <laughs> and then he went on this whole thing about Kirill Kaprizov too, and he like doubled down on it. And then later on, it took him like five minutes to remember. Oh wait, because no, they're yeah, both ninety seven. Yeah, yeah. They were, but they were on a separate teams wearing the other jerseys or whatever. But no, it was it, it was a lot. And this is another thing, another topic that we could probably get into another whole like 30 minute conversation or maybe even do a whole show about uh but have you ever see, have you seen a league that does that markets their stars yeah. less than the national hockey league like i, I just well I they like, like selectively market their stars and they do a bad job and by the way real quick in sean mcdonough's defense impossible to tell which team was which with those uniforms Fair. <laughs> impossible yeah. to tell yeah and then a couple of them had like players with the same number on it like johnny gaudreau and exactly. kevin Hayes both wore number 13 and they were on the metro team and yeah i think the uniforms were good but i like didn't caprice pass it to the other team one time he did <laughs> he, he really straight funny. up passed it to dylan larkin <laughs> thought he was his teammate and then he turned and looked and then he just going the other way and he's like oh <laughs> yeah so yeah no that 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 is honestly something that you know makes you wonder, right? When you're on the ice, you just look up. These are split-second decisions that players have to make: where to pass, who to pass to, and you just see a guy who looks like you know his his team. I mean, they were wearing those jerseys in the last game in his defense, so just still in the mindset that that was yeah. his team, and then all of a sudden, just going the yeah. other way. Perfect pass, too, by the way, right on the tape, <laughs> and ended up going for a breakaway, and then Larkin flubbed it. He like just put it yeah. in the corner. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, the NHL does a terrible, I think MLB is also pretty badly run, uh, as far as like, like kind of making things, maximizing things and making things exciting for fans. And MLB has actually made some drastic changes coming up for this season that should help. But, uh, I mean, yeah, we talked about it last week that all this all-star weekend was they totally missed opportunities, I feel like, to market some of the play. I Did you even see Bo Horvat all weekend? What did he do? Was he even in the skills competition? I mean, like, and I know he's not, like, a, a big name, but, like, he's he got 30 goals this year. And he just got traded. Like, they could have definitely yeah. played off that a little bit. And, and no, to New that... York. He got traded to a New York market, too, you know? Like, he went from, 
he went from the edge of the universe in Vancouver uh, out into you know New New York, Long Island. So that, that's another fair point. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. It's just it's been rough. I mean, they they've got like McDavid, you know, they market him on social media and, and all and all that stuff. But I mean, some of these other stars, like there's some good players in this league. You think about it, you look around. Do, do you think that people know who Pasternak is? Like, I'm not confident that people do. And I know he plays for Boston, so, like, that's a big market. People in Boston obviously know who he is. But, like, I'm not confident that hockey fans in – like, I, I just – it doesn't seem like that that he gets the same kind of publicity. Like, And he's – or Kuch, I mean, I guess Kucherov is, is probably – Braden Point, that's a great example. Point mm-hmm. is wasn't at All-Star Weekend. He's having a phenomenal – like, I don't think people know who that is. Like I, kind of on a on a you know a household level, like kind of a um, you know a, a casual fan level. I don't think people are naming Braden Point as like one of the top guys on the Lightning. Yeah, no, they're, they're, yeah, it's just tough. I, I feel like it's tough. The NHL, I mean, they haven't done a great job, but they, they there's a long ways to go and. Um, to get to get to the point where they need to be marketing their stars and like guys like Braden Point, you're right. But then also some of these younger stars, like Elias Pettersson, also Vancouver, Kaprizov yeah. to an extent. Jason Robertson is a name that comes to mind. Before yeah. before he was having the year that he was having this year, it was but marketing that much at all. Like even some of these, some of these also so also like you said, you brought up Braden Point. Like also some of these guys that are like two a, or like one B on their team, like Mitch Marner. On the on the Maple Leafs, or you know, um, Drysaitel on Edmonton, yeah. like these are star star players, and they're just not getting the, the the run that they deserve because of like the bigger guys on their team. And Miko Rantanen, yeah, do Miko, people know who that is? Miko Rantanen, I mean, because he's on pace for like fifty seven goals this season. I don't know if people know exactly, who that is. <laughs> yeah. And with McKinnon on the team, obviously he gets all the run, but Rantanen is having a fantastic year. So it's those things as well that the NHL is just lagging around behind. And and, and we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm just, I hope that it gets better, but it's not. Yeah. I think that this is kind of the, I think this is really into the, like the, the, the deep end of what the NHL doesn't do well and like what they actually need to do like this is where like the real work comes in to try to promote your league ink getting offense to go up is good but it's one it's not that hard and and two it doesn't help make people aware like just having increased scoring doesn't it, it it does help make the game more interesting to casual fans, but it's it doesn't get it it it's not the awareness isn't there to turn games on because of certain players or because of certain teams, and you know the, the like the NHL this is when it gets down to it this they have they have to market better they they have to and they, they, it it's not. Th- that problem is going to stay with them whether they're on ESPN or TNT or whether they go back to NBC or, or whatever network they're on, you know, switching that, you know, they're not going to be able to just go over to ESPN and all of a sudden everything is fixed. They need to like actively work to get these players in front of eyeballs, which is why it infuriates me so much that some of these guys aren't in the all-star weekend. And I'm really glad. I mean, Darlene didn't do very much. Uh, and, by the way, 
really unfortunate that Tage Thompson got injured and wasn't able to participate. Like that was a tough blow to the all-star weekend. I feel like, but, um, they're doing a, as much as I, as much as I rip on Trevor Zegras, they're doing a really good job of marketing Trevor Zegras, a really good job. I don't know why they can't do that for some of the other players who are actually like way better and elite. <laughs> I have, I literally, and I, I don't mean to beat, I don't, like, I don't mean to just beat a dead horse here, but I, I cannot recall seeing a single commercial involving Rasmus Dahlin and the amount of commercials that I've seen with Trevor Zegras, like, it's like nauseating me at this point. He's on the cover of the NHL game, every commercial, you know, that video game commercial, it's like Ovechkin, Pasternak and Zegras, <laughs> like, I, which is, they should be doing that with the young players, but like. Darlene is literally a top five player in the world this year. Why am I not seeing him on TV? And, you know, there's a, you mentioned Jason Robertson, uh, that, you know, that's another one. And like, there, there's, there's multiple, um, I mean, Eric Carlson, that's a little bit of a tougher market out in San Jose, but it's just, I, I just don't, I'm, I'm with you on that. Mo Sider, he won rookie of the year. Zegras was a rookie of the year runner up. Mo Sider. He's having a bad season, but he won Rookie of the Year, and he's with an original six Detroit franchise. Uh, never seen maybe because he's not American, and he but I never seen him. Maybe that's it. Maybe they care more about Americans. I don't know, but it is. I agree, is frustrating, and they need to to do a better job with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like that's. I think we've said all we need to say there, and then yeah. also this is my excuse to bash the playoff format uh, again any, um, any chance we get because this is a horror this is the nhl is self-sabotaging themselves at this point because i mean i get it i get you know they tried they tried okay they wanted to manufacture r- rivalries and have it so most of the time you're playing a team from your own division but i hate it i hate it so much because you Sometimes you can get these like exciting, you know, first round matchups with like marquee teams like the Wild and the Blues last year. And and it, it was it was fine. It was fun whatever the Wild lost. Maybe that's part of salt like residue with salt from the fact that the Wild lost to the Blues last year. But also part of it is just that clearly it's not working. The rivalries aren't being created. Like this was supposed to create rivalries. And like obviously the ones that teams already have naturally are always going to be. Like that's never going to change. But this was supposed to like manufacture rivalries such such that teams like I don't know, aside from just the the wild yeah. and the hawks and, and whatever, the wild and the abs, maybe the wild and like the predators would face off in a series and that would create a rivalry there, just to use my own team as an example. Or I, I don't know. Like things like that and clearly it hasn't been working. So they need to go back and just do the yeah. old format again where and I mean even I'm fine with even this, where division winners, one, two. And you seed them, whoever won the division one seed, or won the other division two seed, and then the rest of the field just straight. Yeah, three that's the way eight. they used to do it. And, Much and that's, better. that's to me what they need to do now. And I just, yeah, it's so simple, NHL. It's right there. Your solution is right in front of you. It's just you got to go out and grasp it. Otherwise, if you keep this playoff format, teams first of all, teams are going to be losing way earlier than they should because yeah. they're running into buzz saws in the first round and in horrible matchups that they, they that they couldn't make the conference final if they if they had it seeded right. But and then if they, if they don't, then there, in the there NHL, is there is no way that 
Boston, Toronto, Tampa Bay, two of those teams will be eliminated before the conference final. Like there, there's there's no chance that more than one of those three makes it out of the first two rounds of the playoffs. Right, exactly. Because of the current and, format. And those are two teams where... Three best teams in the... Well, there's Carolina, but those are three of the best teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Undoubtedly. And they're all they're all in the one, same division. And because they're all in the same division, they, they're SOL, you know, because of well, the playoff and they're, and they're they're hogtied to each other basically forever. Like, the regular season doesn't even really matter in the Atlantic division. It, it, those teams are going to make the playoffs, and they're going to play each other. Like, that's kind of just what it comes down to every year. And you can just <laughs> fight for home ice advantage, I guess. And Toronto um, and Tampa might literally play in yeah. the first round every year. I mean, like, and like, that's, I do think that, that like Toronto Tampa, I think that is kind of a rivalry being manufactured by this format right now. But I also don't think it's worth it. Like, I don't, I just don't think it's making that much of an impact. Like, yeah, those two. They're going to kind of have some animosity if they play each other again in the playoffs. But like in the long run, what does that actually do compared to the possibility of a Toronto-Boston conference final instead of a second round or you know or or whatever? Just just having all of those teams advance in the first round. The fact either Toronto or Tampa are going to be eliminated in the first round for sure. Uh, kind of a, a loss for the NHL. Um, right. Plus to everybody. Me- Everybody hates this playoff format, by the yeah. way. I, like, I don't know why. I don't know why they haven't changed it. Everybody hates it. I haven't heard yeah. a single person say that they like it. And, and to me, also, there is some value to novelty, right? Where yeah. even if you if you have Toronto and Tampa Bay playing each other in the first round of the playoffs, like literally for four straight years, sure, maybe a rivalry is being created, but that's boring. That is just so boring. It just be like. It depends. Maybe if they if they have a great series like every single time, maybe, yeah. maybe. But then also, there's that possibility where it's it's bad. It gets stale, and all of a sudden now you're wasting opportunities to have Toronto play like another fun team. Like if they play yeah. Buffalo in the first round of the playoffs or something, or like I don't know, a team from like the the Metro. Say they like, like play New Jersey. New Jersey, right? Yeah, if they played New Jersey in the first round of the playoffs, that'd be fun. That's a matchup that like we haven't seen before. And there's also storylines to be had there versus just your usual, you know, foes playing each other. Like I thought there wasn't a ton of scoring, but Dallas and Calgary playing in the first round of the playoffs last year. I thought that was fun. It was a great series, and those are teams from opposite divisions. Yeah. I feel like there's room for that to be had in, you know, in the yeah. NHL playoffs, and if even if it's doesn't manufacture the rivalries the way that they want, I feel like it, there's still some value to to novelty. Yeah, I think the only time I think, and I think not just manufacturing rivalries, but I think actual like I think the NHL also wants like I think the way that that could be good is like like when Pittsburgh and Washington played each other three years in a row, like that was electric. Like that to me is when it's good when those actual historic rivals play each other every year. But I think that I, I think the negatives are outweighing the positives with this, with this format, which I, I think it we kind of, that's what we've been saying, which I, I think is true is like it. Yeah. We get the Pittsburgh, Washington thing, but great teams are being eliminated in the first round and we're not getting like any variety year after year and Pittsburgh and Washington could play each other anyway, even with the previous playoff format. So like, it's not worth it. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, 
I also hope they change it. I, I everybody seems to. I, it seems like nobody really likes it, but um, that is the way that it is for now. And uh, well, that was quite a quite a nice runway of really just picking apart everything that the the NHL is a pretty easy target when it comes to some of this stuff. And it gave us a lot of opportunities this weekend uh, to 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 go through some of that stuff. Yeah, uh, we sh- but we, we love to- it anyway. <laughs> yes, we do for some I, reason. Yeah. Um, need to talk about the news of last week, the Bo Horvat trade that came in just before all-star break, uh, traded from Vancouver to the New York Islanders for Anthony Beauvillier, a first round pick. And what was the last one? I keep forgetting what the, the last two uh, ratty. Yeah. I don't he's, know if that's how you pronounce his name, but he's a, he's like a B B level prospect from yeah. New York and their, their, their farm system's pretty trash. So he's like way up there on their, on their yeah. list. So. So what was your reaction to this? I mean, I don't know why New York decided to do this. I mean, they're currently outside of the playoff picture right now. They are um they they're two points behind Pittsburgh for the second wild card spot. Um and I mean they they they're not one piece away from being a Stanley Cup contender. Um, this, they're, they're a couple of seasons removed from being, you know, a really, really good team, made the Eastern Conference final, gave the Lightning a real scare. But also, that, that that's not the, this is not the same team at all. And they're also, they had a horrible season last year, moved up to this year now, and they're not, they're not that much better. And I don't think that they're one piece away. And this is a move for a team that thinks they're one piece away. And also, the Islanders have like no future. Their, their farm system, like I just said before, pretty bad. And Ati Rati, B-level prospect in most systems, he's like one of their top, top prospects for New York. And they gave him up for, for Horvat. And if they can't get him re-signed in the same way that I said this like about some other deals in the past... Uh, then this is a bad, bad trade for New York. Yeah, uh, yeah, I agree completely. My first reaction was so lame, like super disappointing and anticlimactic. Second reaction was pretty funny that the Islanders didn't do anything in the offseason and got blasted for it, and now they do this during the, you know, prior to the trade deadline when it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Like, I I was hearing Boston and Carolina and Dallas and getting very excited. And then I saw the news about the New York Islanders. Yeah, and I, just, know, I know you wanted him on, like, the Bruins or the, <laughs> or, or the Leafs. Or somewhere the where Hurricanes. I might watch him play. Like, important game. Like, the Islanders, like you said, they're not currently occupying a playoff spot. It's just so weird. Like like you said, if he doesn't re-sign, this is a horrible deal for them. They gave up Beauvillier and a first-round pick for two and a half months of a player when they might not even make the playoffs. So that's number one. Number two, if they do make the playoffs, then they... I feel like what's going to happen is they're going to show up at TD Garden and the Boston Bruins are going to be like, well... uh, Thanks for coming to the big show and thanks for coming out. Like, like, <laughs> see you later. And, you know, seven days later, uh, Bo Horvat is off the team. Um, so I just, uh, it's just really, I don't feel like this is impactful. I don't think that they're going to make the playoffs, to be honest. I, I don't think they're good enough. I think Buffalo's way better, assuming Tage Thompson isn't out long term. And 
if they do make the playoffs, I don't know what they think what that does for anybody. I, I saw the Bruins dominate them like at least twice this season. I just feel like that's uh they're gonna show up at T D Garden and the Bruins are gonna be like, ha enjoy yourself. <laughs> yeah, enjoy this four game sweep uh, out of here. Yeah, I, I, I know. I don't know. They're, they're not one piece away. They're not going to do anything if they make the playoffs. Boston or Carolina is waiting for them. Like, it, no. it's just, it's not going to be good if 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 they make the playoffs. Um, and we'll see. Like, I like the Islanders, but I don't get it. I don't get what they've been doing. I don't get you know what they're trying to do here. I mean, obviously they want to make the playoffs, want meaningful games, but this is a hefty price to pay. They they did not they did not need to get the top top guy on the market if they were going to push all their chips into the middle. I mean, not the time to do it. It's not good. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it is it is a lottery protected pick. So if they don't make the playoffs this year, then they get to keep it. But then whatever happens next year happens next year, and they lose their next first round pick yeah. next year, and yeah. they have the potential to be really bad again next year yeah. too. So I don't know what the the situation is here, but we'll we'll see. It, it it'll be interesting for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I gotta pretend to watch Islanders games now, at least for the time being. Um. All right, uh, a couple minutes left on our show. I think uh, we probably won't do the uh, Stanley Cup fi- top five cup contenders this week. I-, I feel like there weren't very many games. I don't know if there's really any point in doing that. Um, and we yeah. don't have a ton of time left on the show. So um, some national games this week. Actually, the uh, so there, there's the, the TNT game on Wednesday, Wild at uh, Stars. Uh, Thursday night, ESPN, Avalanche at Lightning. That I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and then Saturday, the the ABC Saturday matinee game starts, which I actually am excited for. I love uh, big network afternoon hockey games. Uh, so Saturday, there's a doubleheader, noon, Tampa Bay at Dallas, and 2.30, Washington at Boston. Potential first-round preview there with the second one. Um you have any feelings about the games this week? I, I have a pretty good lineup, I think, for the national games. Uh, I think it's exciting stuff. Yeah, I think so too. Wild, obviously, in there. And there's going to be like a whole battle, like a whole PR battle or something with the Wild who are rumor. Like this is completely rumored, and I think uh, Michael Russo, the Wild beat, has shot it down. But Kevin Weeks is out there tweeting stuff about how the Wild might be trying to make the old North Stars colors their new primary Mm. colors now which i wouldn't be completely opposed to but there's the whole thing of like oh the the north stars are technically a part of dallas's organization yeah. and and it whatever is dallas's so, organization it, 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 it yeah so they it, moved it's there mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens there I, I i don't know that probably will won't come much of it but the wild and the stars the fan bases at least have had a pretty major rivalry over that. So that's probably going to be the game that I'm going to watch, mostly because the Wild are in it. Otherwise, Thursday's Avalanche-Lightning game I'll also be very intrigued in. Yeah, Obviously the um, Cup Final rematch, and the teams are good again this year. The Avalanche are on their way up. Lightning are figuring it out too. So that's probably the game that I got my eye on here um, the most, yeah. other than the Wild game. Yeah, these are all really – I mean, you've mentioned Minnesota-Dallas. Uh, you got Kaprizov versus Robertson. Colorado and Tampa Bay, obviously rematch of last year's Stanley Cup final, and the Lightning are awesome, and the Avalanche are moving up and have gotten healthy. So that is definitely going to be fun. 
And then Tampa Bay at Dallas on Saturday afternoon. That's a 2020 Stanley Cup final rematch, which I always forget that that was a Stanley Cup final matchup very recently, Mm. but um, it was. So that's, uh, I mean, Dallas, by a lot of the metrics, at least for the time being, are considered the best team in the Western Conference. And uh, two really good star-studded squads there. And then, I mean, Washington at Boston, you would expect Boston to win that at home against the Capitals, but... um, Always fun to I, the Bruins are just just must must watch TV. Uh, potentially the best team ever. I mean, I, it's gonna just fun to watch the Bruins, and uh, we'll see how they look second half of the season. Like this is actually low key. Like we pay attention to what the Bruins do now. None of it matters. Not like once we start getting closer to March. Like if they, you know, they got to keep up the play. If they start to kind of like. You know, they're going to win the President's Trophy, but if they start to be a little like shaky in the second half of the season, um, like we're starting to get into the time now where we don't really care as much about what happened earlier on. Like, this is like where the money is made. So, um, be interesting to see how the Bruins look after the All Star break and throughout this second half of the season. So, um, Looking forward to all of that. And then games of the week, uh, honestly, the best games were pretty much all the nationally televised games, but there were, uh, I guess, a couple of other uh, fun ones in the Eastern Conference. And, uh, Anthony, I I do think that you picked the best one this week. Yeah, I grabbed the Rangers at the Hurricanes on Saturday. I think that'll be fun. Nice Metro Division collision. Um, and it should be interesting too with New Jersey kind of, or new, sorry, New York kind of in there fighting for, um, their playoff spot here, trying to stay ahead of Washington and Pittsburgh and Carolina, who's got this division in a chokehold, but these two teams could meet in the second round yep. of the playoffs. So that would be once fun. again, that would be a fun matchup again, for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. And, uh, I, I didn't feel like there was a, other than like the, I felt like, the national games were great, and there wasn't a ton to choose from outside of that. Um, so I just went tomorrow night or uh, you know Monday night, Tampa Bay at Florida. Good rivalry, a lot of star power there. Florida, very disappointing season. I I don't know. I, you know they they kind of still have a chance at the playoffs. They have to have a really good couple of months here. It's tough, but they're still playing for maybe a playoff spot and um, a lot of fun. I think to watch Tampa Bay and, and Florida go at it so uh i'll be watching that one on uh on monday night as we resume games this week um so that is just about going to wrap up our show this week uh thank you for tuning in we, we appreciate all the listeners uh thank you very much for listening and we'll be back next week as usual and we're actually we actually have another outdoor game to talk about next week the stadium series is going to be on february 18th So next weekend, we will preview that, the Capitals and the Hurricanes at Carter-Finley Stadium, which is where the NC State football team plays. So uh, we'll have that to preview next week, and that should be fun, as well as um, recapping the games that we watched uh, this past week and continue to get closer and closer to springtime and very important hockey. So a lot of fun here on the Puckworms podcast. Be sure to keep tuning in. Uh, Anthony and Sam with you as always. Uh, Thanks for listening with us this weekend and have a good rest of your week. We'll catch you next time.